Hey, girlfriend, it's time for Can We Just Talk About This? Where real talk meets real life in the world of fitness and health during perimenopause. I'm nutrition, strength, and hormone coach Corey Jackson, and I'm chatting with my brilliant friend, coach and exercise physiologist Dr. Mandy Parra. Whether you're in your 50s like me or your 30s like Mandy, we're here to navigate the ever-evolving journey of life, motherhood, and perimenopause together. So pull up a seat, get comfy, and let's talk about this. Hey, girlfriend. It's just you and me today. A nice solo chat, a little one-on-one time, and I'm just grateful for that. I hope your week is off to a great start. If you're listening on the day that this is released, it is Monday. Time to start a productive week. And I hope you got some really good one-on-one time with yourself, with loved ones. You got to spend time with friends, the different things that help to recharge and refresh you and fill your soul with good things so that you can have a wonderful, beautiful week. This is episode seven of Can We Just Talk About This? Our last two episodes uh, focused on the last three episodes, really focused on the menstrual cycle. We first started in episode four about the regular pre menopausal menstrual cycle and the different phases of that cycle and what you can expect in each phase. And then I gave you a talk about you might be in perimenopause if you have any of the many symptoms, or you can be like me. (laughs) It feels like I've had just about every symptom. I could run down the list and check off almost all of them at one time or another. And then we had last week just a another conversation about the changes that happen through perimenopause to the menstrual cycle as Mandy asked me questions about my personal experience. Now we will complete this series uh, with a talk with an expert on exogenous hormones because it is super important to understand how things that you take or put on your body, how they impact your hormone cycle. That's important because much of our management of these symptoms can come from menopause hormone therapy or HRT, hormone replacement therapy. We'll have that coming to you at a later date. Today, I wanted to take a quick break and talk to you a little bit about hormone coaching because exogenous hormones do impact the hormone cycle, but lifestyle toggles can impact that as well. I have developed a framework that I coach my clients with that is validated and backed by scientific study, and it's just a an easy way for me to communicate to my clients what we're doing and why. It goes along the acronym of FEMS, F-E-M-S. We are the FEMS Fatales. (laughs) So the FEMS method starts with food, what you eat, but not just what you eat. Definitely not just what not to eat. It's also when you eat and how much. And you would be surprised. Most people think when they hear that, that we're eating too much. But most clients come to me not eating enough. We'll go into that a little deeper on another time. I just want to quickly overview the FEMS method for you. 
The E stands for exercise. Probably no surprise there. Food and exercise are what I do for a living. I have a master's degree in nutrition. I've been a personal trainer and a strength coach for upwards of 10 years. And so these two things probably don't surprise you. And the way we use exercise probably wouldn't surprise you either because of the things we've talked about on this show. Strength training is the the hanger I put everything on. It's the framework that everything rests on because strength training is important for your health, for body composition changes, to look better, to feel better, to stave off any of the cardiovascular diseases that can plague us in old age if we don't do anything about it. It's important for bone density and for insulin sensitivity. M in FEMS stands for mindset. And we will return to this as the meat of this episode because it's what I feel inspired to talk to you about today. And S stands for sleep because everything you do goes back to good quality and quantity sleep. And what I work with clients with in this area is mostly behaviors, but some supplements. Now, these are lifestyle toggles that you can adjust to combat and control symptoms of perimenopause. Sometimes it's not enough. And when it's not enough, we turn to uh, different supplements. We also turn to menopause hormone therapy that can be prescribed to you by your doctor. But even with MHT, these lifestyle toggles are absolutely necessary for your good health, even more important now than they ever were at any other phase in your life. So I focus on the FEMS, these lifestyle toggles because you're going to need them anyway. There is absolutely no free pass. You don't get a hall pass with menopause hormone therapy. You still need these other things in your life. Now, you probably are wondering, you, you can do all of these things, but how can you tell if they're working? Obviously, you can tell they're working if you feel better, <laughs> if you're sleeping better. You can tell if the, the scale is the going down or your circumference measurements with the tape measure are changing, if you just feel happier. But what if those things are slow to respond? Because they are in perimenopause. We use a metric called heart rate variability or HRV to judge the effectiveness of these adjustments to all of these lifestyle toggles. Heart rate variability is what I call the check engine light of the autonomic nervous system. The autonomic nervous system is controlled by the hypothalamus in your brain, and the hypothalamus also controls the entire endocrine system, which your sex hormones are a part of. And obviously, your sex hormones are the crux of the perimenopause transition. Now, the very basic meaning of heart rate variability, it's a measure of the space between your heartbeats. And you want a little bit of difference. You want variation between those spaces. It can be faster and it can be slower. And you want it to be faster and slower at not even regular intervals. You want that to be very varied. <laughs> and the reason is when you have variability in those spaces between your heartbeats, your system is more flexible and ready to respond to any given stressor. The things that can increase heart rate variability are good nutrition, movement in the right amounts, right workouts, hydration, 
stress management, time in nature, all of these things add up to good, healthy HRV, things that can negatively impact heart rate variability and bring it down to a more steady beat, which shows that your system is not really flexible and ready to respond to stressors. Poor sleep, lack of hydration, improper training that leads to bad recovery. So if you're training too much or too little, if you're eating too much or too little, if your body is not recovering well by not sleeping well, inadequate hydration, and that can be impacted also by alcohol. Alcohol can make your hydration go down as well as directly impacting your HRV. And that tends to occur because of the way alcohol impacts sleep. Now, I want to talk to you today about M, as I mentioned, the mindset that is very beneficial in perimenopause. And I want to show you how that impacts HRV. And that's by the nervous system. Specifically, the vagus nerve is a very long, thick, branching nerve that runs from the brain and touches almost every single system on the way to the gut. And it sends messages from the gut and these other systems to the brain, as well as the brain sending messages to the systems. Vagus means wandering, and it's called that because it touches so many different systems and it branches to different places. Now, you may have heard the term vagal tone, and that is a description of the state of the nervous system. It can be poor vagal tone if you have negative messages or not just negative messaging, but low messaging from the brain to these systems. It can be poor vagal tone if you're in a heightened state of stress and that impacts the nervous system. And we're going to talk about that more. The best vagal tone is homeostasis. When you are able to work well, when all of your systems work well together, when you are able to work well with other people, when you are able to be resilient to other stressors, this is homeostasis of the nervous system. Now, what does this have to do with perimenopause? Well, let's talk about that. See, there are so many things that shift and change in perimenopause that it can feel like you just can't catch a break. And I'm sure that you are familiar with this because the changes of the menopause transition seem to coincide with one of the busiest and most tumultuous phases of a woman's life. There were so many changes occurring inside your life, not just inside your body. And on top of those changes, sleep becomes difficult, weight gain and belly fat no longer stay away. You can't control those things in ways you could before. It's hard to fit all of that into your lifestyle. Then your boobs hurt, your joints hurt worse, and you can't stop sweating and forgetting things in meetings. Yeah, it can get a little stressful. The first changes that many women report in perimenopause, myself included, is changes in the mental health, anxiety, depression, catastrophic thinking. We talked about some of these things in episodes two and three when we talked about the big rocks and stress management because stress is the overarching, probably the most important thing that can 
wipe out all of your efforts in all the other areas. So these mental health changes that we start experiencing, the anxiety, the depression, catastrophic thinking, they can actually be a result of physiologic changes that we're completely unaware of, things that are happening under the hood when we're not looking, <laughs> that we really can't control even if we were looking, that's impacting our mental health. There's the changes of the chemical cascade resulting from disrupted sleep that almost every woman experiences in perimenopause. There's changes of the hormonal cascade that we talked about in talk, when we talked about the premenopausal menstrual cycle. First, progesterone decreases, and that can lead to estrogen dominance, which can lead to the diminished testosterone pulse that occurs naturally at ovulation, which because progesterone has already diminished, may be anovulatory, or we don't have a release of an egg at that time. Thank you very much, disappearing progesterone. <laughs> All of these things, diminished progesterone, diminished uh, testosterone, estrogen dominance that leads to estrogen diminishing as well, decreasing. This is the ever-fluxing hormonal milieu of the menopause transition. As these things change, it causes a psychological response to the physiologic changes. All of these impacts of the nervous system push it into a heightened state of fight or flight that creates the visceral feeling that we call anxiety. Add to that things that are happening in your life, things that are happening around you, things that you observe that are happening in the world, and you have this anxiety that can lead to worry, fretting, and all of those things can lead to self-doubt, questioning your self-worth, your ability to cope with things, including the perimenopause change that you can't really do anything about, although you really can, it just feels like you can't. So this is the negative inner voice, the thought spirals that we talked about in episode three. And episode, yeah, episode three, and we also talked about it in episode two. It, so it's not enough just to tell your inner critic to be quiet. Like I said, I didn't have time to, to deal with it, and I knew that things weren't true, so I just said, just be quiet. Just go stand in a corner. I called my inner critic, my negative voice, I called her Millie. Stand in a corner. <laughs> but that doesn't necessarily work because it's not enough just to remove the stimulus or the threat. You have to give your nervous system a cue of safety. And according to an article that I'm linking in the show notes, you have to provide safety cues. And these cues can be things that you consciously provide. So going back to the vagus nerve, there is a theory called polyvagal theory of managing or regulating the nervous system. And this theory posits that the nervous system works automatically and consciously to keep the system regulated. So the Automatic functions of the nervous system include making your heart beat, making you breathe, the involuntary regulation of breath, even while you're sleeping. It manages your digestive system and makes sure that everything is flowing in the right direction. We can't control those 
the automatic functions. That's the stuff that goes on under the hood, making sure that your body is working properly. But it is influenced by negative things outward. External factors such as world affairs, wars happening in Israel and the Ukraine, pandemics that we're still dealing with the effects of in our society, as well as your family's financial situation, your relationships, that empty nest and how you're managing it, a career that you may love or you may not, but the stresses that it includes. There's so many different things here, but you can use conscious control to regulate your nervous system. That's called the top-down method of regulation. This means you can consciously do things to provide safety cues to your nervous system, to bring that outsized cortisol response down. Now, I used to think that this was just woo-woo pseudoscience. And I have to tell you, that was a big mistake. I am probably still dealing with the repercussions of not managing stress well during my 30s and my 40s. But I am learning how to manage it now. And I tell you, it has been a night and day change. And that's why I wanted to share this with you. There are other ways that you can manage this. This can include things like listening to music and dancing. Just let the music guide your movements. You know that phrase, dance like no one's watching? This is what this means. Just get in your body, close your eyes, take a breath, and let the music actually move you. And sometimes the music can move you more or faster, can move you slower or less. It might just be tapping your foot or giving it a nice little head bop. That tends to be where I live when I'm listening to music. This can also include getting in nature. I always start every client with getting early morning sun, getting a walk in, in nature. And that helps to impact your sleep, but it also helps to bring down the cortisol response. Science has shown repeatedly that being in nature is one of the best ways to manage stress in our body's response to it. Then there are other grounding techniques that put you in your body, like finger tapping. So you take the tip of your thumb and touch each tip of each finger on that hand and then go back, starting with your index finger, ending with your pinky and going back. And you can count that. You can do other things that make you make your mind connect to your body here. Just feel the sensations, feel what it's like when you speed up. When you slow down, that's a grounding technique that can put you in your body and help to regulate your nervous system response consciously. But what I want to talk about today are two very powerful techniques that have helped me and my clients, and I combined them because they work just so much better. They work synergistically together, and that's going to be breathing and reframing. Let me first talk about breathing. Science is showing that something as simple as consciously narrowing in your thoughts, your thinking on your breathing can do so much to help you regulate your stress response. There are several different techniques. I started with box breathing, which is basically you breathe in for four and think of that as one of the vertical branches of the box. Then you hold your breath for four going across the box, the top, then you breathe out, going down, 
and then breathe hold it again for four seconds or you can use seconds you can use heartbeats whatever it is it's a count of four now a little more advanced technique that helps you to sleep it helps to do a variety of things is the four seven eight technique and this is important because I'll get into why it's important, but let me describe it first. You take a breath in for four counts, a nice deep breath for a count of four. And I tend to use my heartbeats for this. So I count four heartbeats. Then you hold it for seven heartbeats and then slowly release it for eight heartbeats. Now your inhale is half of the time of your exhale. In other words, your exhale takes twice as long as your inhale did. And what this does is it sends a message to your nervous system, specifically your sympathetic nervous system, that you have enough time to relax. What happens in the stress response, one of the subconscious things that your body does in the stress response is your breathing becomes more shallow, then it becomes faster, that you're running away from a tiger. <laughs> so you are taking faster breaths. And it, whenever you slow down enough to take extra time to exhale, then that sends a message to your nervous system that there is no tiger. There is no external threat. So you can slow down. The second technique I like to use is reframing, something I have always called flip the script. So whenever you have a thought, or whenever you have an experience or a physical experience that sends a negative message to you, to your subconscious, you can consciously take that thought or that scenario or that situation or that feeling, that sensation, and flip it on its head. If, it's, if it presents as negative, make it positive. Reframe it. That's what scientists call it, reframing it. And this can be so beneficial. It can be so effective in managing stress. If I see, oh no, I just did something horrible. I probably made my boss really mad by this. Or you have cringeworthy moments. I, I call them cringy memories. Everyone has these that you did something spontaneously in a situation and then five months later unbidden the memory comes up that you did and it just makes you cringe oh i can't believe i did that or i can't believe i said that <laughs> everyone relates to this i'm sure you do it's not just me just me okay anyway reframing that instead of thinking oh i probably did something to make my boss mad look into what you did and Find the things that were positives that could help the business grow, that could help other coworkers. Whatever it is you did, find the nuggets and focus on those. That is flipping the script. That is reframing. In the perimenopause, there are lots of things, like I mentioned before, it feels like you just can't catch a break. There's lots of different things that are happening. You might be experiencing acne and prolonged periods and all of these different things and hot flashes that you feel like you can't control. I just can't catch a break. Instead of thinking, I can't catch a break. When is this going to be over? My God, what fresh hell is this? In, instead of those thoughts, flip it. 
This isn't something that's happening to you out of control. This is a rite of passage. And on the other side of this rite of passage is a place of wisdom, your position of influence and authority. It is a place to be respected. It's a place to be esteemed. It is a position to be ready to achieve. And you're only ready for it by going through the menopause transition. It's as if your body is undergoing a process that makes it and your mind ready to take this position of wisdom and authority. There's something called the grandmother theory that has been postulated to explain why humans are one of the only species that undergo a winding down of fertility. Most species besides humans and besides whales can conceive and give birth all the way up to death. The grandmother theory postulates that when we lived in tribes and in clans, grandmothers were important to help raise the children. And if they had to focus on their own children all the way up to death, then they couldn't help to raise the grandchildren. It takes a village was reliant on grandmothers that didn't have to continually be pumping out babies. This grandmother theory goes right along with this rite of passage. Your, your body is being prepared to be able to share the wisdom that you have gathered for all of your life with those that are coming before, behind you. And not only are you helping raise grandchildren, you're also sharing these different life experiences and nuggets of wisdom that they deposited in you with your children, with mothers that are having the babies that you are helping to raise as the grandmother. So if you can reframe, flip the script in a situation of meditation in a room by yourself or even in a corner by yourself, or even just shutting your eyes and shutting out the world and taking the time to focus on your breath in this four, seven, eight pattern, and then picturing yourself sitting in a position of authority after you have gone through this transition, then you can recognize the perimenopause transition as what it is, something with an end something that is manageable, something that you can overcome with these lifestyle toggles that I mentioned earlier, something that you can control and manage and regulate. So take the moment to spend some time focusing on your breath and then focusing your thoughts to reframe the menopause transition and the things that you are undergoing. If nothing else, spending the time to breathe and to be mentally in your body, to be mindful and present, that'll help you recognize the anxious response of your body. And even if you don't recognize a conscious thought that has led to this anxiety, you can still regulate this anxious response, this visceral sensation of anxiety 
by slowing down long enough to recognize what's going on, to bring yourself out of this anxious somatic response that your nervous system is triggering. Now, I hope this really helped you today as much as it is helping me and as much as it is helping my clients. Reframing what you're going through is that is a trick as old as time. You can probably look back at ancient scripts such as the Psalms or the Proverbs and see how different writers took a negative thing and changed it by the end. They rolled it by the end into something positive and something praiseworthy. It's important to be able to learn from those that went before us in a way that we can benefit from today. Life doesn't stop, and we're lucky that life just doesn't stop. You need to be able to roll with that. And using methods like your breathing and reframing is also going to help you become more resilient, and you can measure that with HRV, or heart rate variability. Now, if you're interested in what I do with my clients, if you're interested in talking to me about doing that with you, I would encourage you and invite you to check out my website at www.clearpathfitness.com. I will link that in the show notes and you can book a consultation where we would get a chance to really chat one-on-one. We would get a chance for you to tell me what you're going through and what you want help with. And we can talk about what we can do together there. That again is clearpathfitness.com. Now we are in a variety of countries, which is just surprising and such an incredible blessing and a thrill to me to see that. Can we just talk about this as found girlfriends around the globe? What do you want to talk about? I want to encourage you to to send me a note, send me a message. You can reach out to Corey at canwejusttalkaboutthis.com. Give me topics that you want to talk about. Give me your feedback. I want to hear from you. I want to hear what you think about the show. I want to hear about what you want to talk about. Again, happy Monday, girlfriend. And until next time, keep thriving. Thanks so much for talking about it with me. I sure needed the time we spent together, and I hope it left you feeling good, too. If you enjoyed the episode, please like, subscribe, and share it with your friends to bring other girlfriends into the circle. And hey, let's do it again next week. Episodes drop every Monday, and you might even find a quick chat Friday every now and then. 